This is ESPN New Hampshire, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua. Knock goes wide, off Jeff Norton. Knock is loose this way, Sanderson after it, Castles behind the goal, right out in front, there's Denise, he scores! Hey, hey, what do you say, Captain Denise? Welcome back to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy, Justin Sullivan, working the boards. And while we'd love to uh, talk some Hartford Whalers, we'll talk a little. Uh, we are welcoming on our good friend, Chris Price of WEEI.com and the future author of a biography of the Hartford Whalers organization. And Chris, that was the last goal in Whalers history. Scored by one Kevin Deneen, and we uh, would like to send our condolences out to his family as they lost their dad, Bill Deneen, uh, this past weekend. But, uh, man, that was a gem right there, huh? It really was. And just I, I want to echo your thoughts and send out you know thoughts and prayers to the Deneen family. For uh, a guy that not a lot of people, you know, maybe mainstream hockey fans knew of, he was really a titan when you talk about the development of the WHA. And, of course, his son, Kevin Deneen, went on to, you know, great fame and fortune as a member mm-hmm. of the Whalers and, you know, extended his NHL career for a number of years. It, it, it really is a serious loss for, for, for professional hockey. For sure. He was a, a true pioneer of the game and uh, helped. Uh, he coached the Houston Arrows, uh, of course, the New England Whalers, uh, the, and then coached the Flyers for a bit as well. Um, so, yes, th- thoughts and prayers for them. And, uh, yeah, that was a cool goal, man. I, I, lo- I, I forget, I can't remember the name of that play-by-play guy. Who it was? We'll have to look was it up. It was. I want to say. I know it wasn't Peckham, but no. it was. It was. Was it? Was it? I want Forsland. I think. Yeah, I think it was Forsland. That's why I recognize yeah. the voice because he's still going. Yeah, yeah, he's still doing games. I knew I recognized the voice there. All right, good. That would have killed me all show. But now let's talk some Patriots. <laughs> uh, you're on your way to Foxborough, Chris. And look, you don't get many games like this, uh, or enough of them, I should say, anymore in the NFL. But this is a true true rivalry, hatred, bitterness-type game, and it's on Monday Night Football, a great setting in Foxborough tonight, lots of implications on the line for both teams. Uh, how excited are you to get down there, and what are you expecting on the field? I think you hit it right in the head. I think this is a, a tremendous rivalry, to my mind, maybe the most underrated rivalry in the NFL, if you're talking about you know teams that aren't necessarily divisional rivals or not traditional rivals. These two teams, especially... You know, over the last couple of meetings, uh, really, they give you your money's worth, for, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. This is going to be tough, fast, physical, smart football tonight. It probably won't be decided until the late stages of the fourth quarter. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Look, like Parcell said, you know, I mean, this is why you lift all them weights. This is why you do all that stuff. You know, it's December football against, you know, with two teams headed to the postseason. It can't get any better than that. And, and let's talk about it being December football like that. I mean, the, the, the Ravens are always one of these teams, 
you know, we were talking about the Giants earlier um, or the Packers, uh, both two teams now that are starting to gain some steam there, and the Giants both with big wins yesterday. But the Ravens are one of those teams that just seem to always turn it on. Sometimes they end up making the playoffs, sometimes they don't. Um, so the the Patriots are catching them in a tough time, and, and I don't think it would surprise anyone if they were able to go in in Foxborough and come away with a win. Yeah, I think that when you look at the history between these two teams and you look at the history of the Ravens in particular, this is a team, at least under John Harbaugh, that has done a good job peaking at the right time of year. They mm-hmm. play their best football at least over the last five, six, seven years, uh, for the most part anyway, after Thanksgiving. And they understand that, you know, really for a lot of teams, the cream of the crop, the real season starts after Thanksgiving. That's when you start making your push. Um, I, I will say this, that I don't think that they're as dangerous as some past Ravens teams, but the thing to really look out for tonight, if you're a Patriots fan, you're going to the game, is that, or even obviously you're even watching the game, is that the teams that have given the Patriots problems in the past are the deep passing attacks. And the, the Ravens really have a really deep passing attack, probably deeper than most. It's not just you know the first or second option. Black was the kind of guy who can lock in on his third or fourth or fifth guy in the passing game. Yeah. That's where you have to look out for tonight. Yeah, I agree with you there, and I, I definitely think they'll be throwing the ball a lot. On the Patriots' side of the ball on offense, I, I think they're expecting uh, a lot of throwing from Tom Brady as well and maybe uh, minimize action from LeGarrette Blunt. but I say not so fast. I mean, people are talking about, you know, the Ravens got this great rush defense and everything, but, hey, LeGarrette Blunt ran it down the Seahawks' throat, so I don't see why he can't do it here. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that's one of the things where, look, both teams, you're not going to expect them, to your point, you're not going to expect them to run the ball a lot just because Baltimore really hasn't had any effectiveness running the football all year. And you look at the Patriots uh, going up against this Baltimore run defense. I think the real wild card in all this is not necessarily LeGarrette Blunt, but the two guys who've gone over 100 yards this year on the ground against the Ravens, Matt Forte and um, Isaiah Crowell, two mm-hmm. guys who are multidimensional backs, which leads me to believe that maybe if Blunt can't get it started tonight, you look at one of those other two guys. Now, I'm not saying uh-huh, that you're saying call. that, you know, yeah, that James White is going to say, you know, run for 100 yards or something, but it's just something to look for that they might be able to get steady, sustained yards, be able to move those chains if the Patriots do call on them when it comes to moving the football on the ground. Yeah, for sure. And I think a guy we can expect, though, when they do throw it, uh, to get a lot of action, and he's been getting increasing action every week, is Malcolm Mitchell. Uh, what's been your thoughts on his development through the last few weeks? I think he's done a great job stepping into a void that has been you know, opened up by the fact that Chris Hogan has him at 100%. I think he's done a very good job becoming that intermediate guy, that intermediate and relative deep guy, uh, get some of those targets away from a guy like Hogan, who I think did a pretty good job of that earlier in the year. But I think now what you're seeing is it's going to be a bit of a domino effect. I think you're going to see Hogan maybe take over a little bit from what Amendola was asked to do, and you're going to see Mitchell step into that role full-time. Look, if he doesn't catch another pass the rest of the year, he's already part of that conversation for best rookie receivers of the Belichick Brady era. It's not yeah. a real long list, but you remember, guys, you know, Deion Branch had a 40-something catches his rookie mm. year. Julian Edelman had 30-something catches his rookie year. Uh, Malcolm Mitchell, I believe, is in his mid-20s. If he can get up into the 30s, that's a really good first year for that kid out of Georgia. For sure. And I, I think I like about it, too, is his route running. Like, he, he's yeah. just so... Usually he's very precise and he, he nails it on the routes. And then he, he's got good set of hands as well. And I think that you've seen Brady take an immediate trust to him. And that's a yep. good sign for his future too. 
It really is. I, I think and one of the things that I, I saw over the last couple of weeks, one of Brady's favorite routes is that quick out, that quick pass, yes. where the onus is on the wide receiver to be able to beat his man and get five, six, seven yards optimally off the line of scrimmage. We've seen him go to Mitchell on those occasions more frequently over the last few weeks. I'm curious to see how that works going forward because I honestly think that they really did a good job over these last three weeks. Look, you know, you take it with a grain of salt because you consider the competition, but they got some looks at guys like Mitchell, Kyle Van Noy, Eric Rowe, figured out if those guys can play and if they couldn't play, and now they figure to be an important part of those respective rotations going forward. Um, a topic I, I hate bringing up again, Chris, but we have to. Uh, the New York Giants uh, <laughs> allege, yes, we have to go there, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no the, worries. The, that the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, were doing what Tom Brady was accused of doing as well and deflating balls, and immediately the NFL brushes it under the carpet. Uh, your reaction uh, to the way the NFL reacted to this as opposed to Brady? I don't think if you're a Patriots I think if you're a Patriots fan, I don't think you care what Ben Roethlisberger did to the footballs. I think the real thing that sticks in the craw of a lot of people around here is the reaction from the league. And I think exactly. you hit, a, hit up perfectly. I think the fact that when Deflate Geek first broke back in January of 2015, they let the Patriots twist in the wind. They mm-hmm. let them get hammered in the court of public opinion. They did not step out and discredit any of the rumors that were out there. It was very interesting to me to see the, the stark contrast of what happened yesterday with what happened in January 2015. Look, maybe it's just on the face. Maybe it's the league learning to get out ahead of a, you know, a, a story like this. Maybe it's just the Steelers and the Giants kind of conspiring to keep things quiet. Maybe it's just the ideal gas law. Something we all knew was you know, a, a, a possibility in effect here, but mm-hmm. it's just something about the league reaction really stinks as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, I, I, I don't like, uh, I mean, it's funny, I guess, to, to many, but, you know, you got Roethlisberger out there joking, yeah, we use Nerf balls. You know, and it's like, come on, man. And, you know, I, I tweeted it earlier. I, I think Tom, if Tom Brady had fun with that commercial, he could have a lot of fun right now uh, if he came out throwing a Nerf ball around in warm-ups. Yeah. yeah be, it, it, you get a whole other commercial, too. Yeah, I, I'm going to be, I, I really am, though. I'm going to be interested to see because I know that, look, the, 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 the Giants' ownership and the Steelers' ownership, they're very, very close with each other. They, mm. You know, they've been friends for a long time. There's a, there's a depth of feeling between those two owners. Um, but I, I'm just interested to see what the league is going to do. I, I think that the Giants and the Steelers are going to kind of stand on their statements from yesterday, and the league is just going to kind of, you know, stand firm. But I think they have some, some questions that, that need to be answered. Uh, you know, whether it's PSI, whether it's the reaction, whatever the case may be, I, I think this has raised a whole new series of questions, and it adds a whole new layer of intrigue to the story. Yeah, for sure. Chris, before I let you go, I want to just uh, look around the NFL quickly here. And, you know, I was saying to Sully that heading into the Thursday night uh, Raiders-Chiefs game in Kansas City at Arrowhead, I, I felt, you know, and I said it on the air, I felt like this was uh, the first taste of that young Raiders team it was the first taste of a a playoff atmosphere that they were going to get you had the cold weather you had division rival you know the the spotlight game it's on Thursday night football and they lost and I you can take that for what it is does that tell you are they ready or not for the playoffs who knows but they to me they failed their first test when it came to that last night you had a young Cowboys team who was dominated and really rolled until this point and they go into a same situation in New York, division rival, cold weather, Sunday night football, and they lose. Can we read into that at all? Is there something to be said there for that in terms of looking ahead to the playoffs? 
I, I think the bigger story, and maybe I'm just looking at it from a New England perspective, is is the the Raiders. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you, you, it was for me, and I, and I think you hit on all the important things. But I think also at the same time, they're now faced with some real adversity. Whether it's going on the road, being in the cold, like you said, with in, in car with a with a finger issue, I think that's a real issue for mm-hmm. him. You know, from from a fundamental technique standpoint, and I think it's going to be. I, I just want to see how he responds to that. I still think the Raiders are good enough to win a playoff game, to win one playoff game, and then they might have to kind of you know they they, they might hit a point where they're kind of bumping their heads on the ceiling and they can't go any further. And look, I've been really impressed with what the Raiders have done to this point, you know, in 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 the season. But I, I think that we are seeing the limitations on that team. That's not to suggest they're not a good team. That's not just they won't be a really good team down the road eventually. But this is kind of who they are. They strike me as kind of a ten and six, eleven and five team that right now is right there with you know with the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Steelers, and that's a huge step forward for them. But again, maybe it's not going to happen for them this year. Maybe it's going to happen for them you know a year or two down the road. Yeah, I'm right with you on that, and it's interesting. We see that a lot, right? We see these teams come in and, and, and maybe get ahead of themselves in terms of their yep. development and, and the direction of the franchise. Not, and I think they're, they're heading in the right direction. I think they're going to be a great team for years to come. But maybe some of this happened too much too soon, and you're going to see that in the playoffs. We'll see what happens uh, with yeah. the Raiders there. You know, And uh, you yeah, see that I, in I all sports. Yeah, the, the other thing, too, is that the Raiders do need to get a little bit more of a veteran presence on that on that on their roster. They're, they're a young team. And I think if this, this offseason is going to be really important for them not just the draft, because you don't need to get much younger, but when it comes to free agency, they are they are going to have some cap space, so it's going to be really interesting to see the decisions that they make with that roster going forward. Should be interesting as well. Chris, uh, we will read your stuff on WEI.com. Looking forward to it. Enjoy the game and safe travels, my friend. Sounds good. Take care, Murph. We'll talk soon. All right. Chris Price from WEI.com joining me here on the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. We're going to keep it with football. NFL talk in the next segment with our man Cole Wright of the NFL Network. So stay with us. We'll be back. to the stretch run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for the right time with Bomani Jones, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio.
The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. This is Laura Remillard with November's Male Student Athlete of the Month, Sharuk Hassan from Bedford High School. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience as a senior? This year as a senior has been very crazy football-wise, like winning in an OT versus Merrimack. What schools are you looking at? I'm looking at Northeastern, St. Lawrence, just a lot of good educational schools in New England. What are you looking to major in? I'm looking to go into pre-med. How excited are you about D1 football state champion. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Our whole team is definitely very excited. It's the first one in DHS history for football to actually come out with a win this year. It's incredible and definitely to be a captain of that team and finally put that banner up. Tell me a little bit about your volunteer work. During the summer, I was a volunteer at the LA Hawks. I did a lot of volunteer with the National TV, so like HRC, FBI, part of the National Honor Society goal, so there's a lot of volunteer work that I have to do with them. I volunteer for blood drives and I actually put on a dodgeball tournament last year for the Children's Miracle Network. We donated like around what inspires you to participate in all this volunteer work? I know a lot of people need our help, though. I just try to get back, try and do my part, and just volunteer my time. Is there anything else that you can really say that you got out of going to school in Bedford? Privilege to play sports here. It's amazing because all the coaches, they really care about you. Coach Stanks, like, I look at him like as my best friend, but when it's time to you know put on the pads, then he's definitely there to coach you up, too. So the teachers are amazing. They really care about you. Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers and all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. Christian and King. One game? Yeah, one game was ridiculous. One? It was ridiculous. You got ripped when you gave Ray Rice two. two. Now you're going to give this guy one? Yeah, no, it's just... And What's this guy? Yeah, this guy's really bad. Josh Brown's ex-wife told police of over 20 physically violent yes. instances. Police were called on multiple occasions to the Browns' residents in Washington State, St. Louis, and New Jersey over the years. Jeez, three states, come on. Weekdays, noon to three, on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. And streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. Nothing beats the fresh taste of Budweiser Draft. It's more than just love at first pint. It's the best way to enjoy the quintessential American lager. Brewed the hard way for an unmistakable crisp finish every time. So don't just settle for whatever's on tap. Make it the fresh taste of Beechwood Age Budweiser Draft. This Bud's for you. Enjoy responsibly. Budweiser Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. If a disaster ever struck your home or business, would you know who to call? Make Peniel Environmental your first choice in disaster restoration. Peniel provides comprehensive fire, water, mold, and asbestos remediation services and are family-owned and operated. They clean up and restore every square inch of damage so that it's better than new once they are finished. Plus, Peniel works with all insurance companies and provides the industry's best warranty. For a free consultation, please call 885-317-8236 or visit PenielENV.com. TrySofi.com is the smart, easy way to save money on your student loans. Now they want you to know about the smart, easy way to save money on your credit card debt. That's with a TrySofi.com personal loan. If you're hardworking, in a good job, and have great credit, but you have credit card debt, a TrySofi.com personal loan with their low fixed rates and no fees is the smart alternative to credit cards. The national average interest rate on credit cards is over 15%. In most cases, you can cut your interest rate in half with SoFi. 
Find out how much you can save by going to trysofi.com. That's T-R-Y-S-O-F-I.com. SoFi lends up to $100,000. Checking your rate will not affect your credit score. Go to trysofi.com. That's T-R-Y-S-O-F-I.com for low fixed rate personal loans with no application or origination fees. Terms, conditions, and state restrictions apply. California Finance Lender Law License Number 605 NMLS Number 1121636. It might be the door alarm. Or the new safety drain covers, the pool fencing, even the swim lessons. But the fact is, you can never know which safety step will save a life until it does. Adding multiple safety steps to your safe pool practices can mean the difference between a close call and a call to 911. Simple steps save lives. To learn some new ones, visit PoolSafely.gov. A public service message from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, the American Red Cross, and YMCA of the USA. We've got it all here. On ESPN, on ESPN, New Hampshire. Start spreading the news. 55 yards away, and it hits the goalpost. And a good run back, and Prescott had two interceptions in 12 games. Two to nine, and that's Beckham making the catch. And off to the races he goes. Carr chasing him down. Can't get him. Touchdown, Giants. They take the lead. Right through the very heart of it, New York, New York. A city that doesn't sleep And find I'm king of the hill Top of the heap These little town blues Ah, happy birthday, old blue eyes Would have been 101 today And last night, the New York Giants Took care of the best team in football. They got their number. That's all there is to it. They're in their kitchen cooking dinner. The New York Giants in the Dallas Cowboys kitchen. As they beat them 10-7. Beat them for the second time this season. At MetLife Stadium on Sunday Night Football. Odell Beckham Jr. finally does what he's paid for. Comes up big in a clutch situation. And on to talk about that and all things NFL with us is our good friend. From the NFL Network, Cole Wright. Mr. Wright, how are you today? Murph, I'm doing excellent. You know, happy birthday to the chairman of the board, obviously, old blue eyes. But yeah. whenever I think Frank Sinatra, I automatically think Phil Hartman and his tremendous impression oh, yeah. on Saturday Night Live oh, back in the day. You classic. Know, uh, and and not, not for nothing, also Joe Piscopo had a pretty good Frank Sinatra. Yes, he because did. Because he was... He was talking with the master, Sammy Khan, <laughs> <TV. And laughs> awesome. When they did that, uh, the, the, when they were singing the song, uh, I, I, I'm black and you are white, like yeah. an Eskimo pie, just <laughs> take a bite. <laughs> How great is that? Oh, that was, oh my God, we got to find that, man. So let's see if you can find it's it. It's so good. Maybe one of the best catches it. ever. Yeah, Joe Piscopo, yeah. only funny with Stevie Wonder and not when he was on steroids. So he kind of crosses Joe Piscopo out of the mix. Is Sorry, Joe, Joe. Is Sorry, Joe, Joe Piscopo still alive? I think he is, right? 
is. Yeah, yeah. He is. Oh, yeah, I thought he was in a, I think he was in a Buffalo Bills, uh, the Four Falls of Buffalo. I think he's from Buffalo. Oh, uh, no. Yep, he is. Oh, uh, no, he's actually, no, he's from, he's from Jersey. He's from Passaic. Yeah, so I think he's a, I think he's a Bills fan. So okay. I think that's what it is. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Right. We'll, we'll get I to digress. the Bills and the Steelers. No, that's all right. <laughs> that's why we bring you on is for your your pop culture expertise, my friend. Uh, the New York Giants. I mean, like I said, just uh, cooking a nice Christmas dinner there in the uh, Giants kitchen. There. What is it about them that they just have the the Cowboys number this year? I mean, they know how to get them, and that's all that really matters. Whether you win. And, you know, I mean, like you said, they're in their, in their kitchen cooking. And not only are they in their kitchen cooking, the New York Giants are in their kitchen cooking, and they might be cooking butt naked right now. <laughs> they feel real comfortable when they play, when play the Cowboys. You know, they're just walking around, opening up the fridge, like frying bacon with no clothes on. He's frying bacon with no clothes? They, they must be real comfortable. I'm here. That's right now how they're looking. I'm here. Yeah, look, uh, Odell Beckham has had what could at least be described as a roller coaster type year, uh, both on the, on the field and emotionally. Um, but you know what? He he picked a good time to really earn his money and do what he can do best and have that explosive after the catch speed last night. That play, man. I mean, that was that was vintage Beckham Jr. Huh? I mean, he's one of the best that there is, man. I mean, it's whether he's engaged or not. That's the problem. And that's, mm. I think that's some of the problems with a lot, a lot of these young cats because yep. you know, everything has to them? happen immediately. Yeah. That's just where they're from. It's the, they're, they're from that, that, in, that instant gratification era. So, mm. you know, if he has a bad game, he, he's, he's not having fun anymore. And it's not the same. And so as soon as he's back in the limelight, man, everything's good. But you know, he, I think moving forward, Eli's clearly going to want a guy like him to be in, in the positive section of, of his season because – now, when coming down the stretch to have a guy like that at your disposal, I mean that, that that's always beneficial. And, and if anyone knows that, it's it's Eli, and you know they, they know how to win Super Bowls over there in New York. And obviously, New England fans they know that all too well. And yeah, you're you're right about that. You know, and this is a team you warned us to keep an eye on here a few weeks back. And yeah, they laid an egg in Pittsburgh, man. But you know, I I think they came in. They might have been looking ahead. I think. If for sure to this game, and you know potentially, I mean, yeah. or maybe you know Pittsburgh also a team that's that's going to make some noise, man. They're not going to lay down. Yeah, when we saw them in, in Buffalo, and so it's not like it's not like the Giants like got tripped up, you know, a few weeks back against the Browns. You know, it's where they lost that game. They lost to a quality team. They lost yeah. to a two-time Super Bowl champion, a guy who's been there three times, Ben Roethlisberger. So there's no shame in that. That that Pittsburgh Steelers team, they're going to find a way in. Yeah. So I wouldn't I wouldn't hang your head if I were New York Giants. So. I like I said, though, I said that almost five weeks ago now, watch out for the Giants. Yeah, and here they come in. And you know what else you, you pointed out when you said that? And I think right now it's still one of the most underrated stories around the NFL. Not a lot of people talking about it except for maybe around New Jersey and New York is that defense. I mean, this Giants defense yeah. is nasty, man. When, when, they're, when they're on and they're cohesive and they're, and they're all in sync, uh, they're arguably one of the better ones out there, you know? Without a doubt, and you know, it's, it sounds so cliche, but defense wins championships. Yep. And, you know, Janoris Jenkins, he came up big. and We were sitting there watching the game yesterday, and when Janoris Jenkins uh, had that, got that pick, I mean, uh, I was sitting right next to Deion Sanders, and, and he said, how how'd the Rams let him go? <laughs> and, you know, that was pretty much the sentiment all around. It's like, man, the Giants spent, you know, $200 million in the offseason, clearly, to show up that defense, and right now, 
They're, they're getting their money's worth. They're, they're, they're getting the play when they need it. They need it right now. This is the teeth of the schedule. Bro. You know, when you want to make the second season, you have to play good towards the back end and continue that solid play. And, you know, you can have a trip up, but, you know, any more than that towards the end, you know, that, that spells instant doom. Hey, uh, yeah, nice segue there, my friend. Uh, the L.A. Rams, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm kind of speechless. You, you, get, you give a guy an extension, and then you fire him. I, like, what is going on out there, man? Tell us. Tell us. Give, 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 give whatever Rams fans there are out there, and I don't think there's many, but give whoever is out there that has some belief in this organization that they're, they're following. There's something at the end of the tunnel there. Baron Donald. <laughs> that's it that's maybe maybe the only bright spot I could bring to the table there Aaron Donald uh, <laughs> maybe Aaron Donald and perhaps Aaron Donald <laughs> but uh, you know it just, it just seems like right now that's a team that they made the move you know they, they tried to do things to get it going I don't know if Bobby Fisher after giving that extension was the right move it's, it, that almost seems like it's almost like a, a, a mini version of what LSU did with Les Miles so yes. last year they win the game at, at last game, home game of the season. The fans are cheering. We want less. Then you have this impromptu press conference that was supposed to be his dismissal press conference where Joe Oliva, the AD, standing there, and you sit there and they say, hey, we're going to extend him. And then things don't start right the first four games of the season, then you fire him. Like, <laughs> if you knew that things could have gone that way but last time, why did you renew him? Like, that's the same thing. It's like, if you knew that there was potential to fire him, why would you renew him? And I don't know if there is any guaranteed money since he did sign that new contract. <clears throat> so maybe there was some guaranteed money in signing a new deal that you know got a few extra bucks in his pocket as he was getting kicked out the door. You know that, that's that's yet to be told. I'm not I'm not his agent. I'm not his agent's father. You know I'm not I'm not or rather his agent's son who was the, the, the GM of the Rams. So there clearly was a dialogue that went on between agent and GM. So uh, you know. What I'm thinking here, Cole, we've heard a lot about how pivotal he's been in the transi- transition from St. Louis to L.A. and, and helping out with that and, and around the community and on the business side of things. I'm wondering if there was sort of this wink-wink handshake that, you know what, this might not be set in stone, this, this coaching part, but you got a spot in the organization still if you want it. And we Boy, haven't what? seen that yet, but I, I'm just wondering. You think that's a, there's a chance of that? I don't. I don't know, man. Like I said, there seems to be so many question marks that surround the, the franchise and the organization right now. I think maybe just to start from scratch. You know, I mean, you you got to get a new head coach in yeah. there. I mean, who, who do you want to bring? That's the question. You know, there's the, they I don't can know have Brian Kelly being circulated. They can take Brian Kelly from Notre Dame, so my Notre Dame Irish can uh, become good again. They can they can have Brian Kelly yeah, if they want. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, if I were a Rams fan, I think I'd maybe rather have Les Miles. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I know I I'm know. Les Miles partial. But, you know, Les Miles was on the Cowboys coaching staff before. I mean, he, he's, he's a guy with limitless personality. He's a guy, you know, who, who can sell. You know, he, he, like, he'll be able to sell players on, hey, hey come over here to Los Angeles. Play for the Rams. It'll be great. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of guy that maybe you want, maybe you don't. Maybe, maybe he can... He can work in the pro game, maybe better than college. I mean, he was pretty successful in college. I think, you know, we just remember what he did last, and that was, you know, his, his himself on the way out at LSU. But, you know, who knows? Who knows? There's, there's a few coaches out there, you know. I mean, who, who, like I said, it's, it's, it's yet to be determined. You know, I thought maybe Chip Kelly was going to go try to go back to college, but clearly that, that job, you know, was, 
evaporated up on him. So uh, who knows? Yeah. You know, San Francisco's never had a, a one-win season before. So we'll see. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, this is making Patriots f- just realize again how lucky they are to be cheering for the the New England Patriots. And let's look at that game tonight, Cole. Just your your initial thoughts uh, heading into this Monday night football tilt between the Ravens and Patriots, two teams that definitely have some real hatred for each other. Are you as excited as we are about this? Man, it's going to be a one-score game, Murph. It is. One score. It's going to be awesome. That's how I feel it's going to go down, man. It's going to be a one-score game. Are, are the Patriots that much of a better football team than the, than the Ravens? Yes. And, and the Ravens said, "I don't care who we're playing before." And then, this is this is our, one of our this is a playoff game early, which is essentially what this is. And the Ravens, man, they they know the deal. I mean, clearly Joe Flacco knows how to win. You know, he's he's a guy who's been there before. He's not going to go out there and lay down. So you know, it's going to be a great great game tonight, and I'm looking forward to watching it. Now, you look at this game going in right now, and a lot of people are talking about Flacco's going to be passing a lot because of the Patriots' secondary. He can eat them up. And then uh, the Patriots will as well because Garrett Blunt won't be able to run against this run defense. Well, you know, I said in the last segment to Chris Price from WEI, I said, Chris, you know, a lot of people are saying the same thing when they're heading into the game with Seattle. And what did Garrett Blunt do in that game? I mean, Garrett Blunt, exactly. the type of runner he is, I don't think it matters if it's the best rush defense across the other side of the line. If he wants, he's barreling, barreling through. If he gets the, the he's got some corners hold, on him, yeah. man. That's all I like to say. Yeah. He's a dude with some corners. When you hit him, you're gonna feel it. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be like running like a, like a little especially kid, in the you know, cold. Your, your height level. Yep. And and that and that countertop is right at your forehead, and you <laughs> run around trying to be slick, and all of a sudden you take a quick turn and pow, that corner that, that, that hits you right in the in the head. That's exactly what Legarrette Blunt is, man. He, He's like that kitchen countertop. You're not going to just <laughs> take him down that oh, easily. My head knows and that. I, you know, I think everyone does. Yeah. Every, every kid that you know that got into a little bit of stuff has ran into something that's been eye level at some point in life. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think Legarrette Blunt. I mean, can, can we say comeback player of the year? I mean, yeah. Does he get comeback player? Is he, is he a breakout player of the year? I mean, he's been in the league for a while. So, but, I mean, I don't think anyone expects him to have this kind of season, except for him. All right, we're going to put you on the spot here. You said one-score game. What are you thinking? 17-14, Patriots win. 17-14, Patriots win. He's liking the under 17-14, so. man. Uh, we'll see. All right. And it's going to be Steven Gaskowski, obviously, who kicks that field goal. And he's going to, you know, they're, they're going to be happy with him because this has been a, an, an un esque type season. Well, we know it's not going to so be kind of. We're not used to seeing him miss anything. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. I said, we know it's not going to be Cundiff, right, Cole? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Sorry. Hey, listen, Good my call. friend. Always a pleasure. I, I was watching you a lot this week. Great stuff. Uh, the, Thank uh, you, sir. You know, the, the, uh, my madre even turned in. She was... Uh, she's like, isn't that guy... This guy you have on your show you used to work at Nesson with? I said, that's him. She says, he... He's a, nice. he's nice. a handsome man. Yeah, as soon as Monday Night Football gets over tonight, yeah. switch over to NFL Network, man. We'll be rolling. She said you're a handsome man, Cole. There you go. From, well, from Mama Murphy. My mother, from Mama be, Murphy. my mother would be happy with her. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sounds good, my friend. Always a pleasure. Keep up the great work. We'll talk to you down the line, all right? Likewise, man. Talk soon. All right. That is Cole Wright of NFL Network joining us here on the stretch run. <laughs> Feels like a Friday. Exciting. Maybe it's because it's Monday Night Football Monday tonight. Night football. It's Bruins Canadians. Exactly. It's rivalry night is what it is. It's yeah. Every, it's, everyone's hyper. Why does tomorrow excited? have to be Tuesday morning and not <laughs> exactly. Saturday? Yeah. yeah. Warning you now, Nick and Astos. So we're going to be tired in that sales meeting tomorrow here at ESPN New Hampshire. 
Bring the coffee. We're gonna need uh, we're gonna need a local coffee. Uh, play. Maybe Jaja's across the street. I'll, I'll I'll call up Just there. Maybe she can uh, hook us up with an infusion of caffeine in the morning here at ESPN New Hampshire. We're gonna need it, but it'll be well worth it. Great sports night ahead. We're gonna be talking to Joe Haggerty. He's gonna be at the Bell Center in Montreal. That's gonna be at 5:05. But before that, we got an open segment here in the stretch run. So give Sully and I a call. You want to talk Patriots, Ravens, Bruins, Habs? Oh, and by the way, the Celtics too. Tough loss to Oklahoma City, but at least they're hanging with the big clubs now. They're not getting throttled as they did to Golden State earlier in the year. We can talk a little Celtics. We can talk L.A. Rams because they're so fun to talk about. We will. Wait, what? We will. <laughs> Check your Twitter handle to the. Did you see what I tweeted about Trump? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah that was pretty yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump does not believe climate change is real. Wait, what? He should just come to New England. Then he'll realize it's real. It's been going on for a while, buddy. Anyhow, this is a sports show, so we'll stick to that. This is the stretch run. Give us a call. 603-883-9900. 603-883-Chris-Long-100. We'll be back here on ESPN New Hampshire. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making our spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. We got it all here on ESPN, on ESPN, New Hampshire. I am dark and you are light. You are blind as a bat. <laughs> We're talking salt and pepper, Sandy and Dean, Stevie and me are peachy king. You are white, you are black, and who cares? Who cares, baby? Historically, they've been a very good team for years and years, and they've been able to maintain uh, what they've built over the years, you know, from the time they moved moved to Baltimore. So, um, tough up front, very disciplined, um, a violent football team that loves to make plays. So, just got to come out there. It's the same thing every single week, it seems like, but it's a December, so a lot of guys are flying around and got a lot of playmakers on the defense. Like you said, uh, arm shift and uh, size and smarts. I mean, you put all those together, and also he's a very accurate passer, especially on the deep ball. But uh, you put those together, I mean, he can scramble just to get away from the defense and then lock one right over your head. Or he's just throwing bombs. He's very accurate. So, I mean, he's just a total quarterback and somebody that we know we have to be very aware of. Yeah, the philosophy around here is pretty simple. It's like, and I say it all the time, just do your job. I just do what they tell me. Um, and that's how I like to keep it. I just keep it that simple. I don't think about anything more than what they tell me to do. So even when the players go down? I just, if they tell me to go in, I go in. Rails, I 
And welcome back to the Stretch Run here in ESPN, New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host here, Justin Sullivan, working the boards. And thanks to Cole Wright for pointing out classic Joe Piscopo with Frank Sinatra. Oh, my God. Uh, and who was, who was doing Stevie Wonder? Can we see? I forget he said it. But uh, it is the 101st birthday, or would have been, for Frank Sinatra. Rest in peace. Old Blue Eyes, the chairman of the board. That was... That was epic. <laughs> that was that was good stuff. That was awesome. Good call. Good call by Cole right there. Classic humor there and a little Aussie to get you excited. That's getting closer here. Monday night football. Patriots, Ravens, Bruins, Canadians up in Montreal. This is an epic, epic sports night for you. How are you going to watch it, Sully? What That's a good you, question. What are you going to do? Here? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, I'll be at the gym from 7 to 8, so when I get back... I will probably, because I don't really need to watch the pregame Monday night, you know, and I, I want to avoid John Gruden as much as I can. Like, I'm just trying to, you know, avoid the, the Monday night crew as much as I can. So I'll watch Bruins up to about 8.26, probably, and then uh-huh. I'll flip it over, see the kickoff. I'll probably stay mostly Patriots, and when I can, in the commercial breaks, I'll flip. I'm pretty good about timing up the commercial breaks, so I can flip it. I can kind of judge out how long I have to watch. Keep an eye on it. Halftime, I'll be Bruins. And I'll watch Bruins for the halftime. I'll time out the 20 minutes, watch it, go back and do the same thing and flip it back. Now, I'll see, be mainly Patriots. I'm guessing that if you have NHL TV online, I would imagine you could pull it up. No, it will be blacked oh, out, blacked right? Blacked out, yeah. Because yeah. it's low, because it's the Bruins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, you're right. Maybe not, though, because it's online. I don't know. I'm going to have to look into that's that. A, that might be what I'll do. And I'll watch it here in my, my new Mac. Yeah, your, Pro. New Mac, your new Mac there. Oh, I'm so yeah. happy. <laughs> You don't, you, don't Finally. A, you don't have a tank anymore. La- yeah, I don't have the tank anymore. And it, and it charges and La- everything works. I got a nice charger working. <laughs> Laptop harmony here. Fully Nothing, loaded. No random music starts playing off of it nope, or anything we, like we, that. We, and we've got, you know, I've Volume got all my, control works. all my files. I did find a, yeah. um, what do they call the little zip things? You flash put? drive. Yeah. Flash drive, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually had done it. I didn't yeah. even realize it. I thought I had not backed, it up. backed up my one that crashed, but I did. So I'm loading all the stuff in there. It's working. I'm a happy man. <laughs> the keyboard works. Every, everything's, everything's coming working, together. You know, I I could just um, I could only see you now with the the charger and everything. You know, why doesn't this work? The plug doesn't work. <laughs> the charger doesn't work. It plugs in that room. Why doesn't it work? Oh, this oh, maybe was, the hex is finally over. It was. It was. I'm telling you, it's Murphy's Law in a nutshell. We're watching the deal with laptops for the last month and a half. It's, it's always been that way. Probably the funniest you thing I've ever seen. You see my seen. car. <laughs> Oh, anyhow, uh, so, big one going on. Oh, you pointed it out there. Uh, Eric Dickerson uh, (laughs) immediately (laughs) comes out. 20 minutes later. And says, I'm coming back. (laughs) Thank you for firing uh, Jeff Fisher. I'm back. I'll return. I'll be on field. And now, Jim Harborough, coach of Michigan, has followed Eric Dickerson and retweeted him. Oh, my God. Now the rumors are surfacing <laughs> that Harborough could go to LA yes. as head coach. Hey, I'm I'm fine with that. I I'm all about that. I love as long as the Harbaugh brothers are in the league. I love it as long as they're in the news. I mean, what happened at the end of the Mission Ohio State game with him ranting? On, I love that. You know, I went to a uh, couple years back when San Fran was here for Sunday night game with Port, and they ended up, you know, they ended up blowing them out, and the Patriots came back. Watching Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines was the most entertaining part of that entire game. <laughs> he, me and my dad both said he was livid after every play. It didn't matter. It could have been a one-yard run. 
He was losing his mind on the sidelines. It was the most entertaining thing I've ever seen. It was so awesome. As long as they're around, there's going to be something good. And they always play the Patriots well. It gives us something to talk about. Instead of, oh, they rolled over the Rams, you know, two weeks ago. Oh, they rolled over the Niners again. Like, it, it, they, give, they give us something to talk about. Both Harbaugh brothers, Baltimore always comes in here and plays a tough game. And I'm, I'm right with Cole. It's going to be low scoring. It, it just it, – everything is setting up for it to be low scoring. It's going to be cold. Um, you know, both teams, like I've talked about with the Ravens, best-ranked defense. It's just going to be a low-scoring game, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be playoff atmosphere. I'm I'm amped up for tonight, you know, and looking at all those clips has just brought it all back to me. You know, Billy Cundiff and all of it, it's bringing it all back. Albert Breer uh, of uh, Monday Morning Quarterback, uh, NFL analyst, insider on uh, yeah. CSNE uh, and 98.5 locally, he is reporting uh, that – Harborough to the Rams is a very real possibility. I, I can he see that. cites the appeal to coaching candidates there and that Harborough himself would like is a young core of Goff, Gurley, Ogletree, and Donald, big stage, LA, etc. They got the talent. They have the ta- really the Rams have the talent. Yep. They have zero leadership and their coach can't even remember what the Patriots running backs names are. Yeah. So and he can't find his challenge flag and all of that. Regarding you know? the uh complete one eighty reversal to fire uh, Fisher today, uh, Breer says on on Twitter, I quote, my understanding was the Rams football operation needed to prove coherent slash competitive in December to save jobs. Then Atlanta happened. Well, no. Did... Wait, what? Yeah, wasn't it December when they played the uh, Patriots? <laughs> I love how Christian nailed it. You get blown up by the Patriots. Ah, extension. That's fine. So that didn't count. <laughs> You get blown up by the Falcons, you're gone. I can't. Yeah, I can't, I don't, I don't get I can't that. see you. Like, I don't want to I mean, see you ever again. So get they're like, they're like, all right. Well, you can still be competitive because there's still <laughs> yeah. three weeks left in December. But now there's only two weeks left. Yeah, no, nope, no. Nope. There's can't no way you can be competitive. Nope, can't go. Can't go two and two. Nope, absolutely not. That Interesting. Can't, that can't happen. And he also points. It is surprising though, being that it's a short week for the Rams. Uh, don't tell me they're playing Thursday night. They are Thursday nights going back to crummy football. Well, huh? it's it's um it's Seattle and uh, the oh Rams. god, <laughs> wait what? Take the under. What's uh, that other thing? Does did you did, we got to get that clip? You was garbage. Oh, garbage. <laughs> now who said that? that it wasn't was, uh Talib, no, right? No, it, was it was somebody Pac-Man. about Talib. It was Pac-Man here. We Is Pac-Man just... talking about Talib? No, it was Pac-Man talking about um Terrell Pryor. First of all, the the Bengals played the Browns. Beat the Browns. Okay. And Terrell Pryor had a uh, horrid game. He had one reception, three yards, you know, nothing nothing to write home about. And Pac-Man Jones afterwards decided that he was going to go on a Pac-Man rant, as usual, and it's the Bengals, and they're undisciplined, and, well, just take a listen. It was pretty good. I'm saying all these facades, all this fake hard that he play out on the field, that ain't, that ain't Terrell Pryor. I checked his background. He's a, a suburbs kid from Pittsburgh. I know you talked about it, Adam. What, Garbage. What, what did that start with for you, no? Terrell? Garbage. There you go right there, huh? Oh, there you go. Get him out of there. You see him in there? Oh, right there. You better find him somebody to play with. Is it him saying basically he could Garbage. Garbage. All right, Adam. Aside from Terrell, how big is it for you? Garbage. I ain't talking about nothing else. I'm happy we won. All right, cool. Terrell Pride, garbage. <laughs> and the part in the middle there where you hear his teammate going, there he is right there. It's it, There's a trash barrel next to him. And Pac-Man takes the trash barrel, looks at him going, oh, there he is. I found him. I found him. He goes, garbage. Oh, my God. Oh, one of the awesome, 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 awesome. That's why they're and the Cincinnati like Bengals. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just 
in terms of media wise and, and sound bites, one of the best. You know, what an idiot. Hilarious, but yeah, that team is that team's a mess too. But, garbage. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that, that's what you are. Yeah, that's garbage. That's gonna yeah. be the drop of the week this week. <laughs> I'm gonna use that. That, that is Pac Man's version of Belichick when he does it. We're on to Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. Garbage. Seattle. Garbage. Seattle. Garbage. Baltimore. Garbage. <laughs> Yeah, Seattle was garbage. That works. Seattle was garbage this week. So Seattle, Montreal Canadiens, garbage. There we go. There we go. Well, let's talk some Montreal Canadiens and yeah. Boston Bruins in the next segment. We're gonna go north of the border again to Belle Province. I gotta figure out how to watch these games. I, re- I-, I really gotta yeah. do some research right now and figure out how I'm gonna watch right. both of these. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna talk to Joe Haggerty live from the Bell Center. He's up there covering the Montreal Canadiens, Boston Bruins. The now, this is the third time they played this season, and unfortunately, only one more time left, and that will be down here in Boston. Uh, but they are in the Bell Center tonight. Big game for the Bruins, big game for the Canadians. The rivalry continues, and we will see if uh, Joe, speaking of Bell Province, if he went to the Bell Province and had their spectacular poutine. That will be the opening question. So stay with us. We'll cure your suspense here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. Garbage sees everything you ever wanted. One moment, did you capture it? Just let it slip. Yo, his palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit.